Section 43 of the Freedman's Book by Lydia Maria Child. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Education of Children by L. Maria Child. Strain every nerve, wrestle with every power God and nature have put into your hands for your place among the races of this Western world. Wendell Phillips People of all colors and conditions love their offspring, but very few consider sufficiently how much the future character and happiness of their children depend on their own daily language and habits. It does very little good to teach children to be honest if the person who teaches them is not scrupulous about taking other people's property, or using it without leave. It does very little good to tell them they ought to be modest if they are accustomed to hear their elders use unclean words or tell indecent stories. Primers and catechisms may teach them to reverence God but the lesson will lose half its effect if they habitually hear their parents curse and swear. Some two hundred years ago a very learned astronomer, named Sir Isaac Newton, lived in England. He was so devout that he always took off his hat when the name of God was mentioned. By that act of reverence he taught a religious lesson to every child who witnessed it. Young souls are fed by what they see and hear, just as their bodies are fed with daily food. No parents who knew what they were doing would give their little ones poisonous food that would produce fevers, ulcers, and death. It is of far more consequence not to poison their souls, for the body passes away, but the soul is immortal. When a traveler pointed to a stunted and crooked tree and asked what made it grow so, a child replied, I suppose somebody trod on it when it was little. It is hard for children born in slavery to grow up spiritually straight and healthy, because they are trodden on when they are little. Being constantly treated unjustly, they cannot learn to be just. Their parents have no power to protect them from evil influences. They cannot prevent their continually seeing cruel and indecent actions, and hearing profane and dirty words. Heretofore you could not educate your children, either morally or intellectually. But now that you are free men, responsibility rests upon you. You will be answerable before God for the influence you exert over the young souls entrusted to your care. You may be too ignorant to teach them much of book-learning, and you may be too poor to spend much money for their education but you can set them a pure and good example by your conduct and conversation. This you should try your utmost to do, and should pray to the Heavenly Father to help you, for it is a very solemn duty, this rearing of young souls for eternity. That you yourselves have had a stunted growth from being trodden upon when you were little will doubtless make you more careful not to tread upon them. It is necessary that children should be made obedient to their elders, because they are not old enough to know what is good for themselves. But obedience should always be obtained by the gentlest means possible. Violence excites anger and hatred, without doing any good to counterbalance the evil. When it is necessary to punish a child, it should be done in such a calm and reasonable manner, 
as to convince him that you do it for his good, and not because you are in a rage. Slaves all the world over are generally much addicted to lying. The reason is that if they have done any mischief by carelessness or accident, they dare not tell the truth about it for fear of a cruel flogging. Violent and tyrannical treatment always produces that effect. Wherever children are abused, whether they are white or black, they become very cunning and deceitful. For when the weak are tortured by the strong, they have no other way to save themselves from suffering. Such treatment does not cure faults. It only makes people lie to conceal their faults. If a child does anything wrong and confesses it frankly, his punishment ought to be slight, in order to encourage him in habits of truthfulness, which is one of the noblest attributes of manhood. If he commits the same fault a second time, even if he confesses it, he ought not to be let off so easily, because it is necessary to teach him that confession, though a very good thing, will not supply the place of repentance. When children are naughty, it is better to deprive them of some pleasant thing that they want to eat or drink or do, than it is to kick and cuff them. It is better to attract them towards what is right than to drive them from what is wrong. Thus, if a boy is lazy, it is wiser to promise him reward in proportion to his industry than it is to cuff and scold him, which will only make him shirk work as soon as you are out of sight. Whereas, if you tell him, you shall have six cents if you dig one bushel of potatoes, and six cents more if you dig two, he will have a motive that will stimulate him when you are not looking after him. If he is too lazy to be stimulated by such offers, he must be told that he who digs no potatoes must have none to eat. The moral education which you are all the time giving your children, by what they hear you say and see you do, is of more consequence to them than reading and writing and ciphering. But the education they get at school is also very important, and it will be wise and kind in you to buy such books as they need, and encourage them in every way to become good scholars as well as good men. By doing so you will not only benefit them, but you will help all your race. Every colored man or woman who is virtuous and intelligent takes away something of prejudice against colored men and women in general, and it likewise encourages all their brethren and sisters by showing what colored people are capable of doing. The system of slavery was all penalty and no attraction. In other words, it punished men if they did not do, but it did not reward them for doing. In the management of your children, you should do exactly the opposite of this. You should appeal to their manhood, not to their fears. After emancipation in the West Indies, planters who had been violent slaveholders, if they saw a freedman leaning on his hoe, would say, Work, you black rascal, or I'll flog you. And the freedman would lean all the longer on his hoe. Planters of a more wise and moderate character, if they saw the emancipated laborers idling away their time, would say, We expect better things of free men. And that appeal to their manhood made the hose fly fast. 
old men and women have been treated with neglect and contempt in slavery because they were no longer able to work for the profit of their masters but respect and tenderness are particularly due to the aged they have done much and suffered much they are no longer able to help themselves and we should help them as they helped us in the feebleness of our infancy and as we may again need to be helped in the feebleness of age any want of kindness or civility toward the old ought to be very seriously rebuked in children and affectionate attentions should be spoken of as praiseworthy slavery in every way fosters violence slave children being in the habit of seeing a great deal of beating early form the habit of kicking and banging each other when they are angry and of abusing poor helpless animals entrusted to their care on all such occasions parents should say to them those are the ways of slavery we expect better things of free children an honorable record in eighteen thirty seven the colored population in philadelphia numbered eighteen thousand seven hundred and sixty eight many of them were poor and ignorant and some of them were vicious as would be the case with any people under such discouraging influences but notwithstanding they were excluded by prejudice from all the most profitable branches of industry they had acquired property valued at one million three hundred and fifty thousand dollars five hundred and fifty thousand was in real estate and eight hundred thousand was personal property they had built sixteen churches valued at one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars for the support of which they annually paid over six thousand dollars the pauper tax they paid was more than enough to support all the colored paupers in the city they had eighty benevolent societies and during that year they had expended fourteen thousand one hundred and seventy two dollars for the relief of the sick and helpless a number of them who had been slaves had paid in the course of that year seventy thousand seven hundred and thirty three dollars to purchase their own freedom or that of their relatives End of Education of Children Recording by Rhonda Fetterman